Today is October 26, 2017. It is approximately 8 p.m. on the East Coast. I'm your host, Danielle McCartan of 60 Minute Overtime, here with a special edition of, let's call it a 60 Minute Overtime podcast, Joe Girardi edition. Yep, Joe Girardi is in fact out as Yankees manager for uh, 2018 and moving forward. Let's start tonight's special episode off with a Twitter question from at It's Billy D. And he wants to know, quote, what the hell are the Yankees thinking? End quote. Here's a story. In an email to local media outlets, Joe Girardi said, quote, with a heavy heart, I come to you because the Yankees have decided not to bring me back. End quote. He then went on to thank the Steinbrenner family and and Cashman, Brian Cashman. I'm going to have on Chris Sheeran, and you guys heard mine and his conversation last week on my show, 60 Minute Overtime. He's the studio host and field reporter for the Yes Network. He's also um, obviously the host and the namesake of the Chris Sheeran Show podcast. Uh, We were just talking about how, you know, Joe Girardi probably would have wanted to come back to this team, wanted to come back to this team, and it was the Yankees' decision not to bring him back. I have a strong feeling about this. I think it is completely unjust to fire Joe Girardi. He took a team that was expected to just to win 84 games this season. This team won 91. It was considered a rebuilding year for this team. They made it to the American League Championship Series, and they were one win away from the 2017 World Series. This team grossly overperformed. And Joe Girardi got the boot because of it. In which world does that follow any logical sense? And when you look at his tenure, in 10 years, he's been there for 10 years, Joe Girardi won one World Series and made the playoffs six times. That is, in my opinion, pretty incredible. Especially dealing with what he had to deal with, you know, with the older players and A-Rod retiring and Mark Teixeira retiring and the whole thing, the changing of the guard... I thought he did an excellent job managing and keeping this team afloat, especially when injuries happen. I mean, CC Sabathia was out for an extended period of time. Masahiro Tanaka was out for an extended period of time, etc., etc., etc. He did the best he could with what he was giving, given. And I just think that it was completely unjust to fire him. He, as the Yankees manager, he's had a record of 910 in 710 over the 10 years. That's a... Uh, winning percentage. The guy was a player's manager. He never called out his players or rarely called out his players in the media. Uh, Everybody likes to point to the non-challenge call in the ALCS game. I believe it was two versus the Astros about did the ball nick his bat or not. And and Joe Girardi never challenged it. But I got to tell you that, first of all, Joe Girardi uh, has challenged 128 calls. 94 of them have been overturned. That's about 74% of the time he was right. Uh, But you can tell that he's a manager for the players because when when they returned back to Yankee Stadium that night, Joe Girardi was booed in his own stadium during the ALCS. And those players, i got to tell you, banded together for that guy like I've never seen before. I believe that they came together before him because they loved him. It's like an old Machiavellian thing. Is it better to be feared or loved as a leader? Well, Joe Girardi was evidently loved among all of his players, especially this year, after that. Do catchers make the best managers? Well, Joe Girardi, uh, Joe Torria, excuse me, had a record of 2,326 in 1,997. 
That's a .538 win percentage. Joe Girardi's is better. Yogi Berra, also a catcher, had a record of 484 in 444. That's a 520 win percentage. Yeah, Joe Girardi's is still higher. Uh, because they all once called the game behind the plate, I think the catchers are, are the best choice for a manager. They see it better. They see the entire game. They're calling pitches. They're calling plays. And I don't know. I, I'm just kind of stunned today that, that actually they wouldn't even offer Girardi a year or two deal because, you know, with these baby bombers, which are, you know, a little grown up now, you know, we have uh, Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez on the team, you know, you just got to scratch your head. I mean, Joe Girardi manage these guys when they got to the big leagues wouldn't and and the lineup stacked moving forward wouldn't it be nice i'm not saying nice but, but wouldn't it be just to to offer the guy that that got these guys to where they are offer him just a, a short deal just to see let him see his team come to fruition and yeah i'm going to say it is his team it's just not fair I know it's a baseball game, but there's there was no reason why he had to go. There was no reason, and and I'm hearing that they're talking about um, they, Brian Cashman would want somebody that a manager that follows the analytics, the new trend of baseball. What is he looking to be the next Billy Bean? Who's who who's going to be next? We have we have a lot of front runners coming for the job. Positives and negatives to all of them. In my opinion, Joe Girardi is the best choice out of all of them. And I, like I said, I'm I'm still scratching my head over over this decision and why they would want to get rid of him to begin with. Let's go to Chris Sheeran, studio host and field reporter for the Yes Network. He's on the phone. Also, the Chris Sheeran Show podcast. Chris, thanks for joining us on this special edition tonight. All right, so Chris, we were texting today, and I was so sure that Girardi was coming back, especially after our conversation on my show, 60-Minute Overtime, this past Sunday, and I know you thought the same. What is your initial reaction to all this? Uh, shock. I'm just as shocked as you are, and uh, I think I pretty much nailed it on our show on Sunday, on your show, excuse me, on Sunday. <laughs> um, but I basically said to you that I felt like the way Joe was raised and the way he was, he grew up uh, with his parents, that there would be unfinished business uh, to take care of with this team. And from his statement uh, earlier today when, when he was basically released by the Yankees, he wasn't asked to come back, he said, you know, with a heavy heart, uh, I have to report that I was not asked to come back as the Yankees manager. So that to me right there, you know, there were some people – uh, some high-level sources, I'll just say. I won't mention any names, but uh, a couple of people said to me during the season that Joe had had enough uh, his 10 years in New York. Uh, if you look at him, it looks like he's aged a 1,000 years from the time he was brought aboard before the 2008 season replacing Joe Torre. Um, so it's just it, it's hard to take when you look back at I don't want to go off on too many tangents, but just to answer your your, your question, it, it, it's a shock. Uh, I, I didn't expect this. Uh, for him to come out and say what he said today tells me he wanted to come back. He wanted to continue with this group. But unfortunately, uh, for fans like you and I, uh, I know there's a lot of people dancing out in the streets right now. But, uh, yeah, good luck finding somebody 
uh, who's going to replace this guy because it's not going to be easy. Well, I put out some feelers on Twitter you know, when, after we had talked and uh, talking about people dancing in the streets. There's a, a woman that follows me on Twitter, Leslie in Fort Lee. She, her, <laughs> her handle is at Mongo Goes Insane. And this is what she said to me. She said, quote, Girardi was a terrible manager. He could not relate to his players, and he constantly outsmarted himself, and he had a terrible feel for the game. Now, I just talked about real quickly before about how these players banded together in for Girardi in, in, um, in togetherness for Girardi after he was booed at Yankee Stadium in the ALCS. How could anybody say that he couldn't relate to his players and how terrible he was? Well, this is basically an asinine comment. Um, but if you look into what Mark Teixeira said on the Michael K show on Monday, um, he just basically said, hey, uh, what's today? No, Thursday. I'm sorry. Uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what Tech said was, and they asked him straight up, well, are you surprised? And he said no, because he said, and this, these are Texas words, I'm paraphrasing, uh, Joe walks around with a uh, mean face, uh, always wound tight, and that doesn't really translate well to his players. Now, he didn't really say it bothered him, but as far as bothering people, it would bother like young players, and I get that, and it shouldn't bother veterans. And if it did, hey, listen, you're making over $20 million a year. If a manager walking through the clubhouse with a face on is going to wrinkle your underwear, <laughs> maybe you should find a different kind of work. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. You know, I am so sick and tired of all these guys in sports, and it's just not baseball. It's across the board. They have to be babied by their coach or by their manager. It has to be a player's guy. It has to be a player's manager. It has to be a player's coach. I, see, I grew up, and a lot of Bobby Knight got himself into a lot of trouble. I, I don't know if you remember, but he did. And I, growing up, there's one place. If if I had the talent to play basketball, I wanted to play for Bobby Knight at Indiana. I just did. I mean, that's what I gravitated to. I wanted somebody to get in my face when I wasn't doing the job. I wanted somebody to make me better and press my buttons. It seems like the players today, and I don't care if I'm saying it, not all of them, but there are some who are marshmallows. You know, if, if, if you're sitting in that clubhouse, you're sitting in that locker room, and you can't take a little constructive criticism from your manager or him walking around with a face, like an agitated face, and that makes you uncomfortable, and you need to go find a safe space, you need to go find some pl- something else to do. You really do. My entire life of playing sports, and I never played professionally, so I'm not going to sit back and say, I'm not going to act like I did. I reacted to managers, coaches who got in my face. The guys who were laid back and just sat in the dugout or sat on the bench and didn't command respect, those are the guys that everybody walks all over. And I'm sorry, let's go back to what you said. Let's go back to what you said at the beginning. These players rallied around him after that game two loss in Cleveland. And now all of a sudden, they're saying, well, the players did that. That's what Teixeira said today. That was the players. That wasn't Joe. Oh, okay, now I get it. So the players came back and beat Cleveland. The players came back and took the Astros to a game seven. But it's the freaking manager's fault when they lose game seven? I, I, I don't understand that. For the life of me, Danielle, I cannot understand 
how you could have it both ways. You can't. Either it's the manager, or it's the players, or, oh my God, it's both. 23 blown saves. Is that on Joe Girardi? That's on the guy he gave the ball to. That's not on Girardi. Think about that for a second. And we talked about this. 23 blown saves. If they finish 10 of those, if the guy he handed the ball to did his job, the Yankees have 101 wins. 101. And you know what? In a five-game series against the Astros, who knows what happens? But, I mean, for the love of God, I, I don't get... I understand you can't fire all the players. That's what everybody says. You can't fire all the players. You have to fire the manager. I get it. In this case, he wasn't fired. He just wasn't brought back. But that drives me up a wall, Danielle. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you can tell by the way I'm speaking to you right now. Well, you know, I had someone on Twitter also, at DaveyDave83, and he wants to know, he wanted me to ask you, when was this decision made? Because his guess is that prior to the playoffs even starting, they decided not to bring him back. I, I rarely see eye to eye with Mike Francesa. Rarely. But the guy is, I love him or hate him, he's the best at what he does. Uh, he has been for a long time, and he continues to be. Uh, and that's no slight on anybody else, but I just think Mike is the industry standard. Look at the Marconi, look at everything else, the 30 years, the five and a half hours a day. That's not easy. But he made a very astute observation. And he was able to do that because he has very good seats at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. He's in the first row, right by the uh, where the Astros batting, the on-deck circle. Yes. Yeah. And I saw him that one night. Me too. <laughs> and, he, and he came on the air the next day. Yeah. And he said, I was watching Girardi. I think it was game five. It was the last game at Yankee Stadium. I was watching Girardi, and before the game... He was just scanning the crowd and taking it all in like this was the last time he was going to be managing here. Or if they won, he would come back. Maybe he would do that again with the Dodgers series. So I'm thinking, this is just pure speculation on my part, Yeah. but I tend to agree that I'm pretty sure he knew before this postseason started uh, he was not going to be back. Not just based on that, but on other things. And, you know... All the stuff you read today about him not seeing eye to eye with Cashman and their relationship was frayed, uh, and you know between him, the front office, and management, it all has to be one big happy family. And I guess it wasn't because Joe Joe's not going to just back down and do things the way somebody else wants to do it. He's exactly. the manager, right? He's the manager, and if you want to go out and get somebody who's just going to do what you want to do, fine, but. Be careful. You're replacing somebody who, and look, <laughs> you're replacing somebody who had 910 wins over the last decade, which is the most in the major leagues. I have to be honest with you, Danielle, and I tweeted this out before. I was honest. I said, hey, maybe it was a time for a change of a voice. Maybe it was. It's 10 years. You have new players coming up. Maybe you want somebody to come up and come along with these guys. And I completely understand that move. And if that was the reason for it, fine. But I hear analytics. I hear it has to be a better relationship with the general manager in the front office. I, I, I don't know. I, I get that to an extent, but the guy, he's won 910 games. I know he's only won one World Series. God forbid. 
God forbid. <laughs> you know, you have to win it every year if you're the Yankees. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's shocking. It's disappointing. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say I was tight with the guy, but I did the Joe Girardi show. I filled in for Meredith Markovitz a couple times this season. And, you know, sitting with him before the show, a little bit after the show, and just talking to him as a human being. You know, you take a step back, and he's a person. He's not the Yankee manager, quote-unquote. He's a father. He's a husband. He And I know people don't care about that, but when, when you're close to the situation like I was, and you're able to sit in that situation and just talk to the guy and see him and, and see how he, <laughs> you know, if you prick him, he bleeds. If you wrong him, does he not want to write? You know, it, he's the same as you and me. He just made four or five million dollars matching New York Yankees. <laughs> but when that title is taken away, Danielle, you know, it, it, if he falls off his bicycle, he's going to bleed, just like you and I. Well, one of the things I liked about Joe Girardi is when you watch his press conference after the game, like, you know, he's got his whole heart and soul into this. And sometimes, you know, he gets teary-eyed. He really cares about this team. And that's what really hurts me about this whole move. He does. So, you you were bringing up Twitter. Let me bring up Twitter. This is what I tweeted out earlier. Joe Girardi is a great man before anything else. He's a great manager as well. He took a team that wasn't predicted to do anything and took them to within one game of a pennant. I wish him nothing but success and good luck in his future endeavors. So, John Jastrzemski from WFA, and he does the overnights. Yeah. He just basically said, well said, Chris. Yep. Uh, next person, 190 plus 198 run differential. Next person, I agree. You said it better than I could have. Next person, I agree. All he did during the injury crazy, crazy season. Wow, not just this season. 2014, they yep. were injured. 2015, they were injured. Yep. Uh, he did uh, great this year, but he should have won at least two World Series over the last ten with the players he had. Oh, okay. That was for that was for Mario. And I, didn't, I don't like to really engage because I don't know if they're just baiting me into something where they could just continue to go down a very dark troll Twitter path. Yep. Uh, sometimes I feel it out. I just didn't want to do it today. Uh, there's another guy, Joe, who said Girardi didn't take them anywhere. This team was resilient. That's and That goes back to what I brought up with Teixeira. So, okay, so, so, so it wasn't the manager. But if, if they lost and they hit a buck ten, it wasn't the players. Yep. It was the manager. Because he had so-and-so batting in the three-hole or the two-hole. I, I don't know. It, it just really gets it gets under my skin. Well, I had a tweet from uh, Joe uh, Vrabic, and he's well, he's a guy that follows me often. And he said, quote, Cashman is a weasel, and he clearly wants a yes man. And then he went on to re- reference that Cashman was high on Hicks and keeping him in the batting order. Chapman as a closer. You mentioned the blown saves. It seems to me like like he's kind of right. Like like you said too, Joe Girardi would you know s- stand his ground. Maybe Cashman does want a yes man since he's his contract is up at the end of this year too. Well, uh, I think Cash will be back. I think that's kind of evident that he was able to pull the trigger on convincing management not to bring Joe back. Yeah, uh, and and he clearly wants somebody that uh, and he hired he hired Girardi, so clearly it was his guy. Uh, but again. You know, sometimes, like I said, a new voice is needed, and you know you can't just continue to go if you're not if you if you don't have a good working relationship. Hey, listen, say you have a producer and you're doing your show, and every day it's just a grind, and you can't get through the three hours with this person because you know they're not doing what you want to do. You're going to find a new producer. 
You have to. So if that's the case, like I said before, I, I understand it to an extent. If Cashman wants to bring in uh, a guy that he's more comfortable with and he thinks that could bring these young kids along, it, it, all I'm saying is it, it better work out and he better bring in the right guy because it, it's on him. I, it, this team is set up. You know that. I know that. Uh, you have a right fielder, uh, hopefully for the next decade to a dozen years. You have um, a catcher, if he continues to improve his defense, mm-hmm. for the next decade to 12 years. Uh, you have a first baseman, if he stays healthy, for the next decade to 12 years. Um, you get a shortstep that a- fills in for Derek Jeter, and he's one of the most underrated players yeah, in the MLB. Exactly. Yeah. You have a guy in Glaber Torres who could come up and be your second baseman for the next 15 years. Yep. This team is pretty much set. You have Justice Sheffield down in the farm system. You have Chase. Uh, Ch- Why am I blanking on his name right now? Oh, my goodness. Everybody wanted to bring him up. Give Oh, Chance Adams. Oh, Chance Everybody Adams. Wants to give, yep. that's, how, that's how I remember. Everybody wants to give him a chance. Clint Frazier. Yeah, Clint Frazier. I mean, this team... This team is pretty stacked. Um, so whoever comes in, it's their job to pretty much ruin. Now, Mike Axisa, who I trust with this stuff more than anybody, he writes for CBSSports.com, uh, he, he put out like a short list of candidates. Yep. Uh, Joe Espada and Tony Pena, all the Yankees coaches around there, Ross Child, Rob Thompson. Mm-hmm. Everything I've heard today uh, and everything I've read today says they want an analytic guy and they want a young guy. So an analytic young guy, that takes out uh, Pena, that takes out Ross Child, and that pretty much takes out Rob Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Espada. You know, he was, he's been a third base coach since 2015. Uh, he worked with Cashman in the front office, so they know each other, according to this article by Exisa. Espada, um, He's 42, and he's versed in analytics, so he's a possibility. I mean, that's somebody Cashman could look at. Uh, in-ho- another in-house candidate who I think, and I and I texted you this, the one who makes the most sense is Al Padrique. He spent the past two years managing uh, Scranton, their AAA affiliate. They won back-to-back division titles, the 2016 AAA championship, and he's been with this young core that just makes the most sense. However, I don't think he fits the young category, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know if he's totally analytical the way they want him to be. Um, he's in, he's he's managed Judge Sanchez, Severino, Bird, Frazier, and Torres. So who better just slide in and take the reins with guys who are very familiar to him? So that to me, other names in this article are Brad Osmus, Dusty Baker, for crying out loud, <laughs> John Farrell, Eric Chavez, Jason Giambi. This one. That surprised me, me. I saw the same article, and that surprised me. That made me laugh. Now, he says he wouldn't completely eliminate him from contention. Oh, come on. He thinks, he thinks the odds are quite small, though. And he has zero coaching or managerial experience. But if you want somebody who walks through the clubhouse with a big old grin on his face to make you all happy and giddy to get you to go out there and play baseball, because if that's what you need, 
Yeah, let's let's put a guy that has never coached in his life before under the microscope of of New York sports. Come on. Uh, It's but the the name the name that everybody likes to talk about. Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. (laughs) The Um, most polarizing player in almost all of sports, I guess I could say. But listen, Jack Curry is is someone that I respect Mm -hmm. uh, very much. Um, Worked with him. Oh my goodness! It's got to be approaching seven or eight years now, mm-hmm. and everything he tells me about Alex—like if somebody tries to poo-poo Alex, mm-hmm. Jack will say, "You have no idea. He's forgotten uh, more baseball than you'll ever know." <laughs> That's how astute he is. That's how much of a of a baseball nerd he is. Uh, now look, he comes with baggage. But he is a guy that was thinking outside the box on that FS1 pregame show. Uh, he would have—he said he would have DH'd Ronald Torres. Yeah. Uh, when the DH was struggling, that's something that's outside the box. Uh, and, he and also he also wanted to put Judge uh, yep. from the fourth through sixth hole. Yep. So these are things that you know kind of make your eyebrow raise a little bit. Yeah, maybe he has a maybe he has a shot. Maybe he has an outside shot to come out of the broadcast booth and you know, with no coaching or managerial experience, although he was a special assistant to the Yankees this year. Oh yes, I know. Um, I know that. <laughs> you know, training and everything. Yeah, there's also Mattingly. Um yeah. you know, Girardi could be on his way who knows, to the Marlins. Maybe Jeter wants him down there. Uh, he could Head to the Nationals. I'll tell you what, the Red Sox and the Mets are probably kicking themselves in the rear end. Uh, they should have waited a little longer yeah, if they, they, they would have yep. known Girardi was going to be out there, especially yep. the Mets. I mean, would you rather have Mickey Calloway or Joe Girardi? Uh, Joe Girardi any day. Yeah. Any day. Especially, especially with the back and forth that goes on between the Yankees and the Mets. I mean, Jake Bruce was an Indian basically because of that, you know, bitter uh, bitterness between the two clubs that we hear all the time uh, that Mike Francesa says it's just it's not pretty and they're not going to trade between each other so mm-hmm. there you go yeah I don't know I mean I like I like the the Pedrique, uh I think I think that's a good thing because if like you said if they're if he's with them basically it was you know this you know the Scranton shuttle better than I do he was almost like he was co-managing these guys with Joe Girardi this year. That would yeah, be a good move. Yeah, it, it's it's been like that for the past couple of years. Um, and think about what Padrique had to do um, when all these guys are being shuttled up to the Bronx. And it's the nature of the minor leagues, and it's the nature of the season. You know, the big league club is going to need help from uh, from time to time with injuries and other things that go on. But Padrique was able to. In 2016, with all that movement, shuttling back and forth, still win an international title. Yeah. I mean, that, if, if that's not... And if you watch the uh, the show on Yes, um, Homegrown, The Path to Pinstripes, yep. and you see this guy and how he you know, reacts in the clubhouse and, and goes in there and how the players respond, he just seems like he is the perfect guy uh, to mold into the next Yankee manager. Now, I don't know how old he is. I'm going to look that up right now and see how old Padrique is because I don't know if he fits that category from Cashman. Um, how Padrique? He's, 50, he, he's, he's 57. Yeah. He's 
So. And Girardi's what, 53? Girardi's 53. So if they want to go younger, you know, and if we're going to listen to the rumors, then he's out. They're not going to hire somebody who's older than the manager they already had. Uh, It makes sense to bring the guy in. He's got the familiarity, and it looks like he has a a firm hold of the clubhouse down there. Uh, But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Your your guess, Danielle, is as good as mine. Uh, But it's going to be hard to fill the shoes of Joe Girardi, who's been here and dealt with New York for 10 years. And, you know, besides everything on the field, everything off the field, dealing with the media, that is a big-time part of being a manager or head coach in this city. You know that. You know that. It's not easy. And that's why it looks like Girardi's aged a thousand years. He's still in great shape, don't get me wrong. The guy's a gym rat. But you could just see, it's like President Obama from the time he took office to the time he left office. President Bush from the time he took office to the time he left office. It's it's as stressful as running the damn country. It really is running the New York Yankees. You know, my concern with Pedrique would be that, you know, Scranton... Is a little town in Pennsylvania. It's not New York City, and that would be my only concern for him. I think. Yeah, um, he does have big league experience, though. Again, it's not New York. Yeah, he was with the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks so, Asher, yeah, I, I understand that he's he played for the Mets, so he's got kind of that New York flavor. He played for the Pirates and Tigers. Tigers is a good baseball town. Um. I've dealt with him a couple of times. He, to me, he does have that way about him where he could really enamor himself to the New York press. But it's just a question of, again, the age. I don't know yeah. what direction they're going to move in, but uh, all the signals out there are pointing to not going to somebody older but somebody younger. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, re- I really wish I could tell you I knew, but I don't. Yeah. Well, I have a, one last question for you from uh, on Twitter from Cosberg L. Uh, Lenny. He said, if, if I don't know how familiar you were with uh, Gene Stick, Michael, though, but he said that if Gene Stick... I've met him a couple times. Yeah, if he hadn't suddenly died, where would he have stood on this decision? I said I couldn't make a conjecture. What about you? Uh, I, I saw that question on Twitter, actually. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to ask me yeah. because I... It's tough. I... I didn't know him well enough, yeah. and that's something I'd have to ask him. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, he's passed on. So I, I don't know where he would have stood. I, I think, you know, in, in those types of situations, if I just had to take a guess, he would have tried to. If he was going to fight for Joe Girardi, he would have made a push to Brian Cashman because they work together. And Stick has been so integral in building this team, not once, not twice, but many times. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the reason why, as David Cohn says all the time on Twitter, when people are waxing poetic about Didi Gregorius, it was Stick Michael who who wanted him to be on the Yankees. So he was very much involved. And I can guarantee you he had Brian Cashman's ear. And if you know what? I'll say this. There would have been a better shot for Girardi to come back if he was still around. That That's my gut, because if Stick had a say, and I'm pretty sure he did, and, and, and he liked Girardi, he would have went to bat for him with Cashman, and he would have said, hey, look, we got these guys coming up. 
let's give him another let's give him another deal let's let's run with it and see what happens but again i don't know i don't know i didn't know him that well yeah this is just my gut telling me that probably maybe what he would have said and i know that's not a good answer but it's the best i can give you yeah well i'm thinking cashman wants to be like the next billy bean into this baseball saber metric stuff but i did look up I saw that Joe Madden, I mean, he's an older guy, but Joe Madden, since 2008, he's the only manager with more wins than Girardi, and he is so into this sabermetrics. But in my opinion, and I think you might agree, there's got to be a strict balance between this analytics and the old school gut feelings and, you know. Yeah. What, I mean, let's fit. What's the validity? Ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, what's the validity to having this exclusive line of managing baseball, you know, of just analytics? You know, I don't know. I, I don't agree with it. You're asking somebody who is late to the party with sabermetrics. I, I can't completely poo-poo what's going on with it. They obviously do work, but I am old school. Uh, you know, Joe Torre, um, I can guarantee you he <laughs> he looked at numbers, but he didn't get too analytical. And he's another guy who won four world championships. And Danielle, you know as well as I do, he took. He was under just as much scrutiny as Joe Girardi. Yeah. For the way he handled the bullpen, for the way he basically took Scott Proctor's arm and took it off, and he never got it back. Yeah. <laughs> and Canyon uh, starts too. I mean, those guys would tell you to your face. You know, the way he handled the bullpen wasn't uh, in the best interest for a lot of the guys in there. But he won four world titles, right. so he's beloved in this city. And and but at, at the same time. You know, he's whoever sits or stands in that part of the Yankee dugout turns into a pincushion. They do. They turn into a pincushion. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't care how good you are or bad. You're going to have pins stuck in you by fans left and right. But this analytic stuff, it's the way the game is going. It's the way all these teams are starting to build. Yeah. They're building around these numbers, and that is the future of the game, just like the NBA. Yep. You don't have any big-time centers anymore. They are they are like Bigfoot. They are going extinct. And if you do have big guys, like Brooke Lopez last year with the Nets, he's outside shooting threes. Yep. The, the league is, 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 is a three-point shooting league. It's just the way. It's the ebbs and flows of these leagues and, and what directions they go in. And baseball, eh, like it or not, everybody, it's going heavy analytical. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Chris, thanks for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. You know, such short notice. And uh, Hey, Danielle, anytime. I appreciate coming on. You're great. Uh, and uh, continued success with the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got it. All right, bye. Well, there you have it. It seems as though the uh, the short list is actually a long list here in New York. You got names like Dusty Baker, uh, John Farrell, Al Pedrique, Alex Rodriguez, maybe Don Mattingly. Then you got in-house guys like Rob Thompson, Tony Pena, also Jay Bell. His name has been thrown around. Jason Giambi. Who knows which way the Yankees are going to go? But like Chris said. You know, whoever takes Joe Girardi's spot is going to be uh, held to the highest standards. And like he said, I like when he said that it's their lineup to ruin, honestly, because the Yankees are so stacked. This guy should just come in and just want to maintain order with this team and let them do what they've been doing. And it's a shame that Joe Girardi has to go out like this. I think he still had some years left in him. 
like like Chris said, some unfinished business. And it's just a shame, really. It really is a shame. But it's just it's a business, as Derek Jeter said today. It's a business, and that's all it is. It's nothing personal. So, all right, catch me on Sunday, uh, this Sunday at 11 a.m., 60 minute overtime. I'll take your phone calls on this and. And what are your reactions? Tweet me at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. I always, always respond. All right, guys, catch you on Sunday.